Ready? Hey, dude. What's up? How you doing, bro? I'm good, dude. <laughs> no homo, but I was hoping you'd be doing good. I was thinking about you a lot last night. No, <laughs> I don't think we can do the no homo joke is uh, we are joking. Um, we're also both queer. So uh, oh, yeah. some people are like, you can't say that. And I'm like, uh. My early 2000s trauma and I want it now. Let me just freaking live it, okay, for one second. But how have you been? Um, you know, I've been good. I, I did some spooky stuff this weekend in an array of spooky things. I went to a farmer's market, and I, I got a little pumpkin, and then I painted my pumpkin. And then I, and I don't use a knife because I don't have adult supervision. Um... So I did not carve my pumpkin. And then I um, read my tarot and it was a really good reading. I'm a witch. I'm a witch. It turns out I'm a freaking witch. What about you, Ash? Well, then you read my tarot. Yes. Oh, yeah. A couple days ago. And it was a good reading, too. It was pretty positive. Um, my mom and I went to Spirit Halloween. It's always fun. She got Scooby-Doo socks. Yeah, that's, and I didn't get any, I didn't really see anything pop up. Also, it's like really expensive. I don't know if it's always been, but it's like really expensive there. I don't think I've bought a Halloween costume since 2008, so I couldn't tell you. Well, there's, they have other stuff too, like decorations and like things like, I like looking, or like the, uh, the animatronics they have are pretty fun. There's one scared me. <laughs> it was, you know, like those things that go, Woo! And they like move and. <laughs> I think there is nothing that no type of animatronic Spirit Halloween could have that harnesses more chaotic, scary, demonic energy than the animatronics at Chuck E. Cheese. There is nothing scarier. Um, when I watched my Markiplier play Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, that made me traumatize of animatronics, and I realized like places like Disney World have a like a fuck ton of them like it's a small world that ride is just pure animatronics they're going like it's a small world after all and you're like ah (laughs) (laughs) what for three minutes have you okay so i have been on the ride okay but yeah it's just three minutes of them repeating this song while their beady little eyes are looking at you Mm -hmm. and they're just like kind of jerking along (laughs) I think the true horror of that ride is the whitewashed history and imperialistic overtones. Yeah, that's also true. Or um, I remember when Trump got elected and then I realized like, cause they have the hall of presidents, like every president has an animatronic there. So I'm like, Ooh. oh, <laughs> I, re- I haven't been to Disney since high school. So I have no idea what he says or does. They always say like a little Thing that I think they did and what does Obama say I don't remember <laughs> I don't I don't even, I barely remember that ride I don't even know if I even went on it all presidents yeah it's just what like does Nixon they... say I am my... not a crook it's just like what, what would you have him say <laughs> my thing is what do the presidents say that we don't know what they sounded like like the presidents I think before uh wait you know how they made that mummy come back to life and like make a sound 
I was like, ah. They like they made they made a um a pharaoh a three D mold of this pharaoh's um sarcophagus. Oh, that's cool. And they made it make a sound, and it was just like, meh. It's like that's kind of creepy though. That reminds me of a scene in Jurassic Park, <laughs> where Jurassic Park three acts specifically the worst, the, the worst out of the original trilogy. It's ar- arguably the worst one, and they they make this thing. It's like the voice. It's like a voice box of a of a velociraptor. So, but they only use it for a plot point. That movie's just problematic. Like, I should just have, we should have an episode where I just bash Jurassic Park 3 because it's also kind of fun, but very stupid. Are you bashing her because you hate her? Or are you bashing her because you're obsessed and you want to walk down the aisle to the Jurassic World theme song? It's the Jurassic Park theme song. Jeff Goldblum? If Jeff Goldblum walked me down the aisle, I'd be like, get out of here, Dad. (gasps) Jeff's walking me down. What a beautiful wedding. What a beautiful wedding. Yeah. um, What a beautiful wedding. Says the bridesmaid to Jeff Goldblum. Mm. No, I would would be like, Jeff, you can be at least. No, I'll have Jeff officiate my wedding. There we go. That's better. So we can hear him talk. Romantic. (laughs) Me and my partner. And then it's just Jeff Goldblum. I've never seen Jurassic Park. I've never seen, I only saw the one with Chris Pratt. That's not yeah. bad, but. But I didn't really get it because I, I haven't seen any of the Jurassic Parks. Let me get this out of the way. I haven't seen any movie. And no, That's I don't true. like the 80s. Who likes the 80s? It's disgusting. One of the movies I, I'm talking about is from the 80s. Yep. I have no comment. The 80s is disgusting. I like the, it's like um, people who like the 50s. You like the aesthetic, but not the time. Like the rest of it. Not the polis. 80s at that? I don't know if I like 80s aesthetic. Grace Jones? Pretty cool. I think Donna also, Summers. Well, Donna, I would consider her more 70s. Queen of Disco. Yeah, it's I more disco. A couple late, 80s, late 80s hits. But I just think of her disco era. Like, last dance, last dance. All the Donna Summers music did for the sex worker community. Yeah, and the gay community. Roxanne by the police, basement. Donna Summers, Bad Girls, and Donna Summers, um, She Works Hard for the Money, Galaxy Brain. Galaxy (laughs) Brain. Roxanne, Small Brain. She Works Hard for the Money, Galaxy Brain, Marxist Queen, Judith Butler, Karl Marx, and, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, Is episode three where we say our political stance oh no i'm just making a joke they're all all these um leftist political philosophers are like copying off of our simone de beauvoir yeah i have a liberal arts degree and, and they're all just like looking over donna summer's shoulders she writes she works hard for the money so hard for the money she works hard for the money so you better treat her right but speaking of politics um the only thing we are gonna say is go vote yeah, vote. That that's it. Just vote. Uh, we no suggest vote. early in person. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, do it. If you're if you're doing absentee, get it in right away. Do not mm-hmm. wait. If oh, you can, yeah. drive it up to your local was it polling agent? Like yeah, your local polling site, and um, well, they'll have ballot boxes, and um, 
make sure that you do your research, not just on the yeah. presidential candidates before you show up too. There's a lot of issues. Um, yeah, you're gonna see. Yeah. Um, like I had a friend who asked, she, she was like, oh, there's other, there's, uh, she, was, she just didn't realize that there's other people on there besides the president, like, election. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I think, I think that's a common thing for all, like, new voters, because a lot of Gen Z, like, a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of new voters this year. Yes. Um, and even, like, I don't think I even realized that the first time I voted, that there's other, <laughs> other things on the ballot besides, like, the president or the senators that are up that year or something. Oh, gentle reminder that there isn't just an election every four years. There's like an uh, election pretty much every year. Um, so I would say even what? twice a year sometimes. Yeah, you know what? Um, so don't just don't just vote now in 2020, though. We welcome you and we love you and thank you for doing it. But in the next election, please vote. And on the election after that. And you know what? Just just schedule yourself free for every election until you're dead. <laughs> until you're just, what's just cool, um go on through. Like my grandma uh, told me the last time I saw I talked to her, she said she got my grandpa to um, register to vote. Mm-hmm. And my she said, uh she said it's funny, she t- said to the lady, like she was on the phone with, like to get him registered. And the lady was like, so when was the last time that he voted? And she was like, I don't know, the 60s. <laughs> and she's like, oh, so they had a, was a whole thing. Rutherford but... B. Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, also, I'm going to take a moment to plug a TikTok account I love. It's called Evil Hannah Montana. And it's this, it is this girl who does history-themed TikToks. They are so funny, and she has one on Jimmy Carter's um, presidential campaign, and she uses that, I'm a godfear, and that was nine to five. Nine to five? Uh, Ashley, what's that sound where it's like, I'm an international harvester? Oh, yeah, that song. I know. So you know what I'm talking about. It's a country song, yeah. So so it's a song, and it's funny. Go look it up. Evil Hannah Montana. Informative TikToks. Get yourself learned. I think so maybe we should start. E, have you listened to enough um, small talk yet? <laughs> it's like everyone, you have ready? you listened? Um, so yeah, uh, we're going to start our segment, but yes, please go vote. Yes. Yeah. And now, That's all I one say. spooky thing out of the way, and now getting to the main event. Ooh. Ash, yeah. I think you got to go first. Yeah, uh, you went first last time, so I'll kind of... This week, we're going to talk about Halloween movies that either were important to us or that we just loved growing up. And I picked two, but I do have an honorable mention that I'm just going to quickly... Really? Oh, my God. (laughs) Good for us. Um, Our last two brain cells are working in conjunction. This is beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, so my honorable mention... Um, so it's called The Lost Boys. It was made in 1987. Julia, have you ever heard, you probably haven't watched this, but have you ever heard about this movie? What do you think? No. Anywho. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's kind of an interesting movie. So basically it's about a mom and her two sons moving with, um, her father, so their grandpa, to the small town of Santa Carla, California, where a small haven of vampires live. The older brother, Michael, actually gets um, 
I remember, I forget. I think it's like they get bitten or something, but he starts to become a vampire. So yeah, in this film, when you're bitten, you don't become a vampire right away. You have, it's like a full like 48 hour transformation. So basically uh, you have to like kill like the head vampire or something. So when he goes home, uh, the younger brother Sam and he he befriends two young vampire hunters starring a young Corey Feldman and they have to kill the coven to help stop Michael's transformation. I was obsessed with this movie largely because um, my dad had a cassette of the theme song called Cry Little Sister. It has like a creepy tune to it. Wait, do you know what movie I thought you were talking about this whole time? What? I thought you were talking about The Little Vampire. No! <laughs> Which, by the way, what a gem. It is a gem, but Look, no. It's, it's featuring that kid possibly from Stuart Little and then um, the kid who looks like not Taylor Lautner. But also, j- tying this into our original conversation, guess who? Guess who's in this movie? Who? Jim Carter. Oh. Not Jimmy movie. Carter, the president, but, but Jim Carter, the actor. <laughs> the actor. So I'll play you a little snippet um, of the theme song. It's and it, I just like it has a cool theme to it, like sound to it. Um, you might have to, I don't know how well this is gonna sound, but I'll play like a few seconds of it. Okay, that's 10 seconds. So imagine little 10 year old Ashley listening to a song like that. It's no wonder I grew up the way I did. <laughs> and imagine like being my dad's brown old truck with this little cassette that he has. And I was like, let's play this song. So my dad had the Angeloid Weber's greatest hits. So we listened to a lot of cats. Honestly, great. And I think that explains <laughs> why you're thinking about me. In the back of my mind, it's just skimble shakes love, railway cat. So anyway, this film has a great 80s aesthetic. It's a, besides that song, it has a great soundtrack, um, humor, and it has a Siberian Husky in it that doesn't die. Um, and also, oh. fun fact, this film helped change the way vampires basically looked from like the old um, days of um, Bela Lugashi? Lugashi? I believe it, the original like Dracula type of vampires like with the creepy white makeup and fangs to like the young sexy vampires of Buffy and Twilight. So because of this film, you can arguably say we have Twilight. Like why the vampires look like. So it's either a blessing or a curse. You decide. Um, it has a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, which if, if you care about that, there it is. Uh, you can rent it on Amazon <laughs> for four bucks or it's on Shutter. the the like horror streaming site for streaming. So I just want to quickly mention that because it is a film that I really liked as a child. But also now to the main event. First film I'm going to talk about is Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. <gasps> yeah! I'm sorry. <laughs> you probably can't hear that in post. Holy God. I'll do that in a lower tone for my bros. We're using bro sound effects now. We're not going to, like, be ourselves because um, Zoom can't pick up the frequencies of, um, you know... A high pitch. 
young fangirl. Yeah. Seeing so, like Harry Styles on a poster. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick to himbo sound effects. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to make, oh my God, if we have any fans, can you make a himbo soundboard so I can just go through and use those reaction sounds? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No fans. Someone's fell asleep and this just came up on a shuffle for Spotify. And they're like, whoever's chihuahua is listening, if you can understand humans. Anyway, so this film was made in 1988. It was a direct-to-video film. And it's currently on Netflix. So if you haven't what? <laughs> this movie. Oh. It's a direct-to-video film from before I was born. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. I saw this movie, too. It was Thank on you, TV Ju- all the time. <laughs> yeah, it was on TV, like, all the time. I, had, I actually had this, t- this movie on VHS. So that's how I watched it as a kid. Um, oh. What's interesting, so this um, has a darker tone to uh, normal Scooby-Doo TV shows and movies as it features real monsters. And there's actually three on-screen deaths, and there's even more mentioned off-screen. And it has an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. So at this point in their lives, the Scooby-Doo gang has kind of like moved on from hunting monster, like taking down, like unmasking bad guys. Like Daphne has her own show, Coast to Coast with Daphne Blake, with Fred as her camera guy. Velma opened her to uh, her own detective bookshop. And Shaggy and Scooby have been going job to job with their latest endeavor at an air- as airport security. They um, have to check to see if anyone has brought anything, not illegal, but just you can't bring home in like your suitcase, whatever, like food and stuff. Like someone brings home, tries to sneak cheese in and they take it and then they have like a whole room where they have like food from like other countries and they eat it all and get fired. Fred decides to get the gang back together for Daphne's birthday um, and to try to attempt to catch a real ghost for her show. After failed attempts in Louisiana, they are confronted by a woman named Lena as she claims to work on a haunted island called Moonscar Island, named after the pirate Morgan Moonscar who haunts the island. After meeting Lena's employer, Simone Lenoir, and the other employees, Jacques and Beau, strange things begin to happen, such as um, levitation and ghost encounters. Simone Lenoir or Simone de Beauvoir? Sounds very familiar to me. Maybe they based it off her name. They ripped her off. They're trying to vilify feminists. Scooby-Doo is anti I'm kidding. I'm joking. This is a joke. I love Scooby-Doo. I'm kidding. Don't ever slanderize Scooby-Doo again. Also, I looked up, I Google image searched this movie and I have seen it. Okay. I do know the plot. Um, well, I'm going to continue on for people who haven't. Okay. That night while eating dinners, Shaggy and Scooby are encountered by zombies and are chased around the island. Hearing their screams, the gang tries to find them and are chased themselves, featuring the best chase song of all Scooby-Doo movies. And I will stand by the test of time. It's called It's Terror Time Again. And it's amazing. Hold on. I gotta play. I'll play a few seconds of this song. Okay, I don't think this is like the exact version of the, like the singers from the film, but you'll get the idea. Basically, that's what it sounds like. It turns out then uh, Lena and Simone are the bad guys as they are immortal werecat creatures that have to drain life sources of humans to keep their immortality. 
This Hell happens. yeah. <laughs> this happens because Morgan Moonscar and his crew invaded the island 200 years ago and led their fellow settlers into the bayou to be killed by alligators. Side note, this was very traumatizing to watch as a child because you kind of like see the alligators go towards these people and then like as you hear their screams, it turns back to Lena and Simone going, <gasps> It's very, it's very, I'm like, damn, Scooby. Um, they then pray to their cat god and then kill the pirates as these were-cat creatures. Years Can later. Cat god? <laughs> oh, wait, it gets better. Oh. Years later, Confederate soldiers enter the island and they start a pepper plantation. And around, oh yeah, so they turn into these were-cats around the harvest moon. So as the next harvest moon arrives, um, the were-cats kill these, the soldiers as well. Lena has to sometimes uh, lure, lure Taurus to the island to be sacrificed. So that's how she got the Scooby-Doo gang to come to the island. So these zombies are actually their, vic their past victims. So it's not just the pirates and the soldiers. It's actually like you'll see like people in like touristy clothing and stuff. So the zombies are actually just trying to warn the Scooby-Doo gang of like, don't trust these people. But they obviously can't speak because they are zombies. Scooby and Shaggy then save the day and the curse is lifted with the cam. Um, however, when they were being chased, uh, Fred lost the camera. So there is no evidence of this event, but one of the workers, Bo, is actually revealed to be a detective in disguise as he was investigating the disappearances and agrees to go on Daphne's show. And that's basically how the movie ends. There is some more stuff I didn't mention in it, so I still suggest you go watch it. Um, why I think I think fondly of this film, not only I think it's the be one of the best Scooby-Doo movies or anything Scooby-Doo really, but I actually, when I was a kid, I had a huge zombie fear. <laughs> I hated zombies. I was scared. <laughs> it's because when I was eight years old, I remember my age. I didn't I even say eight. anything. You're like, yeah. Because I could see your face, Julia. <laughs> You're like, oh. She's like face pump. Um, so when I was eight years old, my grandma, like, I don't know how the <laughs> I was convinced that she got me all excited to watch Dawn of the Dead. And my brother did too. They're like, yeah, we're going to watch Dawn of the Dead. I'm like, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Um, I was traumatized. Uh, I would, uh, my house has woods around it. So I would picture like zombies crawling out of my woods and I was so scared until I finally like the first time I ever came out to my mom was when mom, I have a huge fear of zombies. I keep seeing them everywhere. And she was like, Ashley, they're not real. I'm like, yeah. but after it, so the only thing zombie thing, I like anything zombie I could watch was this movie because the zombies were the good guys. Um, However, I have gotten over my fear of zombies a little bit um, after watching The Walking Dead, at least the first, like, five seasons, and then it's, it's my opinion, got really stupid. That's why I love Zooby-Doo. Zooby-Doo. That reminds me of that um, joke in Codename Kids Next Door, where um, they get sick with, like, Aretha Franklin's scatting disease where they all start do you remember this that unlocked a memory for me where they all get sick and they have to scat and they turn into aretha franklin and they're just like zoom -ba -ba, zoom -ba -da. was that right anyways 
Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, okay. it was just something they did in jazz, and Aretha Franklin's the queen. So that's my first movie. Are you ready to help to hear about my second film? Oh, yeah. My... <laughs> probably more embarrassing picks but I still love this movie I know it's probably really cheesy and probably even bad and it's it is a kid's movie but I still love it to this day it is called Casper and Wendy from 1998 uh, same same year I think the previous film you can tell I'm an early 2000s kid because of these two picks so Julia do you know of Casper the friendly ghost dumb (laughs) okay well Casper um, his original movie was called just Casper in 1995 Um, and yeah so that wasn't his last time in the films any as this sequel came out uh, it was a direct-to-tv film as well it was actually premiered when Freeform was ABC Family um, back in the day so basically uh, what happens in this film Living under the cares of his uncles, the ghostly trio, Casper has been letting them push him around and making his afterlife miserable by having him do chores for them while ah. scaring, <laughs> by scaring fleshies for their amusement. That's what they called people who were alive. Same. While, <laughs> while taking a vacation, Casper meets a, a good little witch named Wendy, played by a young Hilary Duff whom she and her bewitching aunts are on the run from an evil warlock, Desmond Spellman, who attempts to destroy her after discovering that she will be the uh, greater witch than him. Oh, she's like a little baby. She's a little baby witch. Is this like pre, this has to be pre-Lizzie McGuire. This is, yeah, this is like her first movie. I'll get to that. Oh my god, look at this 90s fashion for one second. Nobody else can see this. She's wearing that Christmas outfit. Oh yeah. The war in 1997. A black velvet velvet. There's a movie, there's a point in the movie where there's like a dance and her, she has like a red like little dress on. It's like all velvet. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) It's like a a strapless. It's like, no, it's like the skinny strap velvet dress. Absolutely. And there's a bucket hat in there, but it's Mm -hmm. like suburban chic and you're yeah you know you you've worn that outfit or you've seen somebody wear this outfit but she was like it wasn't like how your mom went and picked that outfit up for like knockoff at Kohl's or JC Penney's. she's wearing like the cool kid version of it like maybe her mom went to like limited two yeah like went all out you know yeah so that's um, pretty cool yeah she looks great so like Casper Wendy's a kind is a kind witch who also has her um, who also has her relatives mistreating her. The two become good friends as they discover that ghosts and witches are each other's worst enemies. So they come up with a plan to make their elders pair up to one another. Once Desmond comes into town, he determines to destroy Wendy at once. It is now up to Casper as he must get the courage to convince his uncles to help him save his friend and her aunts from, his vil- from, and her aunts from the villainous warlock. So that's kind of like the plot of the film. Now, is this movie worthy of an Oscar? No. (laughs) However, it's very highly nostalgic for me. Um, I love Casper the Friendly Ghost. And and yeah, Hillary, this was Hillary Duff's like first like big movie. Like I think like big time role for her. And she's just so stinking cute in it. Um, It also features um, Shelley Duvall of The Shining fame. She is one of the aunts. 
actually did not realize Wait, that was Shelly. Hold on. Is she the gay lady from um But I'm a Cheerleader? Who? The Shelly no. are they the, the... They're not the same. It's not Shelly was like old when this movie came out. Like older. Like she was an older woman. Oh, an older woman. So she's um one of the witchy aunts. And now I think that's pretty cool. Um this has a very low score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's only 17%. But you know what? I think she's cool. Oh, wait. She, she's beautiful so to me. She is very beautiful to me. That's that TikTok. That's how I feel about this film. Also, it's free on YouTube. Um, you can go just look up Casper and Wendy and you'll find it. Um, it's a fun little romp, especially if you have kids. I think they would enjoy this film. Or if someone out there remembers this film, Please reach out to me. I will talk about this film still. Um, and yeah, those are the two. Obviously, I like more Halloween movies, but these are, I guess, three, counting The Lost Boys. These are the three movies that come to my mind and I always watch for Halloween. And yeah, Julia, what are your films? Don, do you know what I'm just remembering? What? What's that 2000s monster witch movie? Monster witch movie. Scary Godmother. Scary Godmother. Oh. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Wow. That just unlocked a bunch of memories. That was definitely my favorite Halloween movie as a kid because the witch, the scary godmother, reminded me of my fourth grade teacher. <laughs> that That's personal note. Okay. So my first movie that I really love is my girl, my angsty teen girl, or tween Tween? Preteen? Preteen, I guess. Coraline. Okay, I was like, if it's the movie I'm thinking about, then I think preteen. Coraline. Um, Coraline, fun fact, is the first movie I saw without my parents. Oh! <laughs> oh, yeah. I was super cool. The year was 2009. I went with the mean girls from my sixth grade class, who I was, like, frenemies with, um, because everyone at my school was rich and mean, and I was not rich and mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm mean, but I'm not rich. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was not like them. It was it was super spooky, but it was really good. So it's a, it's like um, if you're not familiar, it's one of those stop motion animated, you know, flicks. And it I thought this whole time it really had me duped. Our man, um, Tim Burton had me duped because I thought he directed this movie, but he didn't. He did not. It was a man named. Henry Selleck. Henry Selleck directed this. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I, thought I, knew Ted, I thought I knew Tim Burton, but I didn't. I thought he had this whole um, other side to him that was very uh, stop motion. Like, for some reason, I associate The Corpse Bride, Coraline, and The Nightmare Before Christmas all with him. But well, not- I was going to say, Corpse Bride and um, Coraline came out pre- like around the same time, so that makes I was, sense. I was The Corpse Bride twice for Halloween. Honestly, I think I watched Corpse Bride more than Nightmare Before Christmas, to be really? honest. I've never seen either of those movies. I've never seen Corpse Bride and I've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas. And I was emo. And but didn't you just say you were Corpse Bride twice for Halloween? So my cool emo cousin was like, I'm going to be the Corpse Bride for Halloween. And I was like, okay, me too. Oh. After, <laughs> after being a Pegasus for eight years straight. <laughs> I... <laughs> And then I was bar- I was a Bratz doll, but the specifically the Tokyo Bratz doll. Remember when Bratz 
the Bratz girls went to um, Tokyo and then they did like kawaii fashion. So it's basically like cheap Walmart kawaii for, for um, you know, Christmas. And then I was like, oh, I want to be a Pegasus again. And my cousin was like, that's not cool. You should be something else. And I was like, shit, I don't know what to be. And she's like, well, I'm going to be the corpse bride. And I was like, I'm going to be the corpse bride. <laughs> so I was the corpse bride. That is the and most then- um, child um, wanting to look up to like the older sibling or cousin thing I've ever heard. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm going to do it too. Well, I'm going to do it too. I have my own personality. Here's a fun fact. I'm a shell of a person. I have no corp personality. I'm just small fragments of other people's personalities slapped together in one disgusting blob. I have no original anything like do you ever look inside yourself and people are like be who you really are i'm like what is that and that's the real scary story of this halloween kids confronting who you are on the inside anyway oh, like, okay wait yeah sorry i forgot what you were like <laughs> did you forget we were doing a podcast you're like huh i just thought we were oh. for a second i was like ashley <laughs> Ugh. 2009 film um by henry selick based on Neil, Neil Gaiman. Um, so Coraline had Dakota Fanning, Terry Hatcher, Jennifer Saunders, Don French, Keith David, John Hogman, Robert Bailey Jr., and Ian McShane. I don't know which one of those people um, are notable, besides uh, Ian Mich- from Twilight. Yeah, Ian, Mc- and- Ian McShane, he's done, like, some roles that I just, he's just, like, an actor. I feel like he's been in a lot of things. I just can't really name them. Like off, like any roles off the top of my head. I know he's the evil snow leopard in Kung Fu Panda. He voiced him. That's notable. I love Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> um, um, I forget. There's, there's like other actors. I feel like in that film, like I, like you would see their face. You're like, oh, that's that person. Mm, yeah. I, so I've never seen a movie before. So this is one of. I've seen three movies, and here are all three of them. Um. So Coraline was like your typical brat. Like, she was a brat. Come on. They're like, she was adventurous and feisty. I'm like, she was a brat. And if I was like her, my mom, in a very typical early 2000s fashion, would have probably um, spanked me. It's very much like the character type of, um, I believe her name is Sarah in Labyrinth. And then the little girl in Spirited Away, like, they're a brat at first and they have to go on a journey. Well, no, she wasn't like a, she was a relatable brat. She was like. Yeah, she's like a kid. She's, she's just wanting attention. Yeah, you know, um, so she basically is, like, hanging out, like, they're from Michigan, right? Midwestern gal, blue hair. She's really cool. Honestly, if I dressed like Coraline, girl. Her parents are writing for, like, this home, like, HGTV catalog, and they're like, girl, we're really busy, and we're gonna move to this new little um, pink palace in a different part of the country. Like, let's go, and she's like, I'm really bummed out, similar to Spirited Away, and um, her parents were like, too bad. We got we to gotta work to feed you. And she was like, I hate you. And they were like, what do you want from me? And the mom has like a broken neck too. Like she's really pushing her mom. Um, and also she's like, I the, want to go to new school. I don't want to leave my friends, blah, blah, blah. But dad does too. His dad, her dad's like, his neck is like stuck way out. I'm like, boy, you need a chiropractor. But that's also me working from home. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, my shoulders are up by my ears. <laughs> I know, I gotta be like, I gotta stretch. Oh, my back, I'm creaking like a haunted house. All right, everyone, let's take a stretching moment wherever you are. If you're in the car, um, wait till you're at a red light. 
and then yeah. stretch, let your feelings out. Uh, now that we're all zenned the frick out, uh, let's keep going. So Coraline's dad um, is, he looks, yeah, he's a very relatable character. Um, but basically they're like, we just want to earn money and have a better life for you. And she's like, I hate you. But, like, relatable. Honestly, like, me too. She goes out into the yard, and she's, like, kicking around, and she meets this weird kid named YB. And her and YB become friends, and then YB is, like, super creepy, and, like, definitely I was a YB. I don't know if you were a YB. <laughs> Just kind of, like, the weird kid who has, like, kind of, like, a spooky backstory for no reason. He's, like, my aunt went missing. <laughs> and they're, like, right oh, Y-born. Thanks for oversharing. Yeah. <laughs> And then he, um, out of nowhere, gives Coraline this doll that looks exactly like her. If I was Coraline, I'd be like, Thanks. she kind of acts like this, too. She's like, you're a freak. And she, like, kind of throws it, but then it keeps, like, coming back to her. Right. So, so, so this doll starts moving around. It, like, it kind of, like, you know, necromances about the home or her, like, apartment in the Pink Palace. And it leads her to a door. And she's like, I want to go inside this door. And her mom's like, oh, you know, we have this weird button key. And they unlock the door, and it's a brick wall. And then her mom's like, well, that was weird. And she's like, yeah. But then, anyways, Coraline opens it up again by herself at night. And it's a secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. (laughs) Yeah, secret tunnel. There's nothing you wanted more as a kid than a secret tunnel. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. do you know how many times I tried to dig a hole to China single-handedly with a plastic shovel and was like, Um, so Coraline then goes into this other world, secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. And she goes into the secret tunnel. Um, The way I dreamed I could have when I, you know dug my own so anyways so she goes there and it's this alternate world where basically like her mom and dad are doing everything she dreamed of and they're like doting on her and loving her and they're like we stand you Coraline and then her dad like plays her like an intro song that's super cute but also weird um and then she's like hey guys this is great what's up with the um you know your eyes and they're like they're buttons and she was like uh-huh and they were like that's just how we are down here and she was like great and she basically goes through, and it's like the world's a carbon copy of her world, like, where she came from. Except everyone just loves her here. Um, and basically, she, you know, gags ensue. It, it's basically she's whisked and, like, um, ushered around the whole time from place to place. And she's just constantly, like, sensory overwhelmed, and she, like, spends a day there. And then the next day, the, you know, other mother, right, with the button eyes is like, hey, Coraline you know, here's this great dinner. We would love for you to stay with us forever. And gives her these little buttons with like a needle and thread. And it's like, all I have to do is rip out your little boop, boop, your eyeballs. Sew on these little buttons and they stay with me forever. And she was like, um, yo, no, like that's really spooky. So she's like, I'll have to decline, but thank you for the offer. And then she was like, you can't do that. And she's like, oh no. And um, she throws Coraline into a mirror and then there's these three little ghost children that are like, oh, my God, that happened to me, too. And and we were – she sucked the life out of us. So what she does is she she steals you, sews your little button eyes in, and then she eats your life force to stay alive. She's, like, um, a, basically a gigantic spider, and you're, like, a fly caught in her web, right? Yeah, I think she's basically, like, a succubus type of creature. Yeah. So – and then she comes to find out that, like, she's, like, controlling the whole world around her. 
And other YB, that creepy kid who's like, I love you, but like didn't say it to her, right? He was like, here's a doll that looks exactly like love you. Right. But why? Okay. So Coraline, is, it's an interesting story. So YB helps her escape. And she's like, what other YB, come with me. Like, you're going to get backlash. And he's like, no, I can't. And he blows on his hands, his little fingies, and they disintegrate into sawdust. And she goes, okay. And we've seen this before. I think everything in that world is basically made of dust because when the cat yeah. bites the mouse, dust comes out of it. She climbs out and she thinks she's escaped, right? But she goes around her world and she can't find her mom and dad. So she goes to the two circus ladies. One of them is the twin that um, YB told her got, like, sucked away and we've let her find, got, like, taken away by the other mother into, like, the other world. Um, and she goes to these grown women and is like, my parents are missing. And they're like, huh, that's weird. So here's a little triangle thing. How about you try looking through that for your mom and dad? Like, they didn't call the police. No, because they're hippie women who are actresses. They, they and um, I did see a thing there. I think they're confirmed to be like a couple, or at least like oh. queer. So and they like they were a couple or something, but they just decided to stay to, like living together. I don't know, but they, I think they were romantically involved in one point. But but they but they didn't decide to help her girl out. They weren't like, oh, Coraline, let me help you, girl. They did. They gave her a try. They gave her a I, don't, I don't remember. Imagine if a child came up to me today and was like, hi, and they were like, cool, alternative edgy child. And they're like, hey, guess what? My mom and dad, missing. I'd be like, let me call the freaking cops. And that is why bad things happen to you. That is why bad things happen to you. Because you surround yourself with these weirdo, you know, earthbound, you know, that store in the mall. The earthbound or earth trade whatever people who aren't gonna they're gonna be like oh you're depressed here's the salt lamp no that doesn't work or it's like oh you're or it's the other side it's like oh you're depressed let's pray yeah. Ugh. 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 so anyways i don't know that's gonna catch up on the audio but continue oh <laughs> i tried to <laughs> don't don't include that you're like good luck here's a rock and she's like thanks um and then she the cat comes in and is like hey listen the other mother has your parents and she's like i kind of figured that out and then he's like okay um you're gonna make a game up for the other mother and be like if i can find all the eyeballs of the kids you've killed and get my parents and basically defeat all the bosses in your world i can go and you're gonna give me my parents back and she was like word bet absolutely go for it so she does and she fights all the people and she finds out that like basically the whole world goes dark it goes from like her dream world and fantasy to like a creepy spider nightmare version of her world and at one point the father goes i can't help you i, I she's like why are you attacking me or something like they're fighting yeah and i remember he was the like, mother I is making you. me i don't want to hurt you the mother is making me that's important so basically um Coraline goes around and gets all the eyeballs and she, you know, frees the kids or whatever. And she goes to leave and the other mother, basically the final boss battles her fighting the other mother in this like web, like the world starts to decay around her. And she goes up to the tunnel and she basically slams like the secret tunnel. She gets to the door. She slams the other mother's hand in the tunnel and the other mother like starts screaming and banging on the door being like, I need you to live. And she locks it with the button key. She runs up the tunnel and then she slams the door shut and locks it again. And then she comes back and her parents are there. But that's suspicious, right? There are some plot holes there. One being that 
the idea that young YB, the other YB, couldn't come into the world with her is weird because other um, creatures from the, like, stepmother's world or the other mother's world comes into Coraline's world all the time. Like Yeah, the little she, rats. The little rats do it. So why can't YB? Also, how does YB help her escape when... His- YB can't the other YB help her escape when he doesn't have free will because obviously the mother can control everybody in that world. Also, here's another weird thing: there are multiple portals to the other mother's world because we see the cat basically doing his little magic tricks, going in and out of like the street. I think the cat mentions something like that, though. I think he's like, I, he well, like figures the rats out. Go around and they spy on. Maybe it's just the animals. Well, no, but the, she drops the key down the well, and the well is a confirmed portal to the other world. Oh, yeah, that's how they, that's, like, um, maybe there's, like, two main portals, like, the door, and then they have to, like, close the, the well. well. They have, that's how they get rid of the key. Never... And I, I would have to watch Coraline again. It's been a few months but it since Netflix sense. took it off. So then I went through some YouTube conspiracy theories, and there are a bunch of people who say that she never actually leaves. Coraline doesn't actually escape because Ooh. there are too many holes. And they're basically saying that when she comes back into the other world, she's being lured into, like, a second dimension of, like, the Pink Palace other world, um, where her parents are, like, there, and she gets everything she wanted, like, right? Like, it's the same setup as before, like, when she first got put into the other world without the button eyes. Her parents get the money that they needed, they get the story that they wanted, like, published in that Mm -hmm. HGTV magazine or whatever, and, you know everybody's out having fun she's with yb she has a new friend and everything's looking like great but the cat can still at the end of the movie goes between the the dimensions between the dimension Coraline is in and then the other world he goes back even though allegedly she shut it off Mm -hmm. leading some people to also speculate that the cat is the evil one not the other mother that the cat controls the other mother Ooh, that's good i also know so the i watched the thing like um, so Coraline was based on a book and I guess like I guess the other mother is based off like a real life like cryptid and I guess like this cryptid like a real life it's cryptid uh, <laughs> yeah on right um basically like this cryptid I forget what like officially called but like one of the fear is cats so it cats? could be like this the spider creature is afraid of cats oh if they said hats Yes, she is afraid of a hat. Give, give me a fedora. That's all. Defeat her. <laughs> Some like TikTok lesbian just like ah. <laughs> it's the uh, young Hillary Duff from Casper and Wendy with her little her bowler rat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so it could be. That's a good theory. Um, yeah, that yeah. movie. I think they wanted to do a sequel. I could be wrong on that, but guys, I love Neil Gaiman. He is in that like, I love him so much. He's in that trifecta of like. 2000s goth where it's like him tim burton and then apparently this dude our guy um who who did all the stop motion animation of the unsung hero of the 2000s henry selick they're all just hanging out like i think there's something about him that i i really liked it the graveyard book is also pretty good i like the graveyard book any other graveyard book stands out there hit me up at julia podcast at venmo.com um venmo me five dollars and then we can talk <laughs> i'm just kidding it's um, you can go to patreon go to my patreon for 
five bucks, you can talk to me about this obscure <laughs> book. No one should ever have to pay to talk to me. I should have to pay people to put up with me. Yeah, Coraline's a very interesting film to, like, study and, like, It's so good. Theorize. I love Coraline. It's the best um, movie next to the fairy, um, the scary godmother and the little vampire. <laughs> what's your, so what's your other film? <laughs> uh, none other than Hocus Pocus. Ooh, there we go. I put a spell on you. And now you're mine. Oh, so this one, listen, y'all, this is so good. I love this. It is a 1993, so I also dipped into the to the 90s. I'm, I'm cool. That's the same year Dress Park came out. Kurt Cobain. Just saying. Sarah. It was a good year for film. Um, what else was 90s? Save the Whales. I feel like Save the Whales was very 90s, but important. Um, I think, like, Free Willy. I think that was, like, important. You remember Free Willy? I, I never watched Free Willy, but that's like a very pop. It's like one of those films like you just know about. Like I the Free that's Willy. the I'm shocked. <laughs> like the movie is the the title spoils the movie. So I watched that movie because the original public school I went to was too dangerous for us to go outside, so we had to watch movies inside for recess, and so we watched Free Willy, and that's on. Don't you love our conversation? Education system. Don't you love our conversation about Hocus Pocus? (laughs) Everyone's like, and they're off the rails again. (laughs) Every time I take the wheel, it's like, where is she going to go? So anyways, for this one, I used a few sources. The film, duh. Wikipedia, of course. And Disney Dave for fun facts. Oh, he's good. I've watched a few of his videos. Disney Dave. Oh, and there's another one. Um... I, I also am going to cite Wasto videos at W-O-T-S-O videos because he has a really good theory on how the Sanderson sisters became witches, so stay tuned. Um, I want to credit those people because none of these are my original ideas. Woo. So, 1993, um, this beautiful movie was birthed, directed by Kenny Ortega of High School Musical fame and written by... What a man. Yeah, I'm written by Neil Cuthbert and Mick Garris. It stars Bette Midler, the Bette Midler, who said in an interview with, I think, Oprah or Rosie O'Donnell, someone, she said in an interview in like the 2000s that this was one of her favorite characters to play. Playing Winifred was like one of her top ones. And she was in Gypsy. Sarah Jessica Parker and they were, like, two of the three Sanders' sisters. And then there was also Kathy Najmi. I'm bad at names. Um, N-A-J-I-M-Y. Najmi? Yeah. So, okay. So, Disney Dave, my hero, says that Sarah Jessica Parker, on an episode of Who Do You Think You Are from TLC, found out that she's related to a woman accused of being a witch in the 17th century. Oh, cool. And did you know the Sanderson sisters existed? Oh, I did not. Wow. I know. Let's look this up to check myself. Oh, let me just make a ton of sound. Um, I all of a sudden do not trust Disney Dave. <laughs> You're all of a sudden, I'm going back. Disney Dave's a fraud. Disney Dave is a fraud. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Disney Dave didn't lie. He was so true. Um, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> 
<laughs> the Sanderson sisters were three witches who lived during the witch hunt era in Salem, Massachusetts, and all hanged on All Hallows' Eve in 1693. Wow. Um, their sisters were Mary and Sarah. Winifred, Mary, and Sarah were their actual names. So they are real. Wow, that's based cool. Based on a true story. It's, it's an educational based. book. It's actually a docu. <gasps> it's, a doc- it's, it's, a- it's basically the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> I w- this the true Blair Witch Halloween movie is the docu series Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Can I talk? <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Anyways, so basically, it's this you know trio of gals getting resurrected accidentally by a teenage virgin on Halloween night. And that is so fact, scandalous. <clears throat> oh yes, Disney Dave coming in again. Fun fact. Wow, he has to like sponsor us now. <laughs> Disney or Disney, we should sponsor Disney Dave. Yeah, fun fact. Now, um, <laughs> you can buy his merch linked below in the bio. I'm kidding, <laughs> but he he did have a really good video. Um, <clears throat> but he said that apparently, uh, the first time Disney ever mentions a virgin is in this movie. Damn. So it is scandal. When do they when do they mention a virgin again? Um, because oh, I don't know. He didn't say the second time, but he said the first. But Maybe. I remember that was very, like, a virgin, like... Dude, okay, there's a low-key point in the movie. I was like... They, they joke about having sex. Teenage Yeah, sex. I was just like... Yeah. Are they gonna... Are they gonna... I, I, don't think, I think they f***ed on Halloween. I think they... Ashley. I think these children... Ashley, just between us. Just you and me. Put your hand up so I can't hear. Okay. Did they, like... Did they bang with the sister in the next room over? I know. That's really freaking weird. That's really weird. Because I think these kids are like 16, 17. 17, 16. Yeah. Still. Really shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff. But also, like, it's like, have you ever thought, like, ew, teenagers have sex? Like, now as a 24 year old? It's disgusting. I'm like, God damn it. And it's so, like, a lot of movies deal with that they're like oh you got bang on prom night i'm like rose what the hell i did not do that but i was also closeted queer so i obviously i didn't do that that's but at least it was with other teenagers it's not like yeah that's good that's good like it's not with older men or like older women (laughs) anywho back to the story (laughs) you're probably gonna have to cut all of that out but yes so the sanderson sisters are also real um so yeah, so Thatchery Banks sees his little sister Emily getting taken away by these three witches, the Sanderson sisters. Traumatizing. And traumatizing. And Thatcher Banks, is, he's a little hero. And he climbs up and he's kind of hot, honestly. And he's like, I'm going to save you, Emily. And that's how he talked. And, and then um, she does get, her soul does get stolen by the Sanderson sisters so they can become beautiful. And he gets turned into a little cat, little kitty. And he is cursed to live without his sister forever. And they get hung. And they go to hell. That is a plot point. Then, you know, he's kind of roaming the grounds, trying to protect people from lighting the black candle that would bring them back, right? So um, then our little virgin comes in, and he's trying to max, and he's trying to impress this girl, Allison. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to light the candle. And she's like, it can only be lit by a virgin. And he lights it anyways, which, like, what a self-own. You know you're a virgin. <laughs> like, he's- He's like, maybe that's not true. <laughs> like, don't do it. Like, I feel like in the 2000s, too, it was, like, not cool. And at any age, like, I feel like being like, I'm a big virgin. Let me show you by doing this little <laughs> magic. Vir- I'm a virgin. You want to see? 
Ding. <laughs> the worst way to tell everyone. There is no shame in virginity. Virginity is a social no. construct. You can be. It's all fake. It was just a huge. I feel like in like high school movies, it was always a huge plot point. Like you're a virgin. <laughs> it's funny how the fakest thing in this movie is the concept of virginity. Like the Salem's the um, but the Sanderson sisters. sisters are real. They were real yeah. roaming around Salem. The fakest thing is the concept of virginity. That's the hoax. That's the spook. That's, that's the, the hocus hocus. <laughs> that's the Disney magic. <laughs> they can make anything seem real, even virginity. So anyways, um, so yeah, they go in the cottage. She lights a candle. The cat's like, I'm going to freaking kill you, Zachary Binks. And um, the, the witches come back to life, and they're like, time to eat some children. And... Um, then they do a really great jazz number and they sing, I put a spell on you and now you're mine. I've already done this bit, but it's really good. And I think it is worth repeating. And so then um, Sarah Jessica Parker, they all go up and they fly. Mm-hmm. Um, they, she gets up there and she does this like, come little children, I'll take me away. Right, and she's like singing, and it's beautiful, and was really also, she's super hot. Anyways, all the kids come. I would have came too. I would have showed up and been like, "Take my soul," and they'd be like, "You're too old." I'd be like, "I don't care." But yeah, take it it anyways, Sarah Jessica Parker. You're beautiful. I loved Sex in the City. Um, even though it was deeply problematic, I don't care. I I do care. It is. We'll unpack that later. So. They all wind up and they have to stop the kids from getting eaten by her. And um, anyways, they get them into like, this is like the most glossed over version of it. But they, but they get yeah. to the cemetery and they, they make a little salt circle because, you know, witches. And, um, <clears throat> and they uh, find Billy the uh, zombie of Winifred's ex, could you imagine? Could you? And Sarah's ex, technically. Uh. Wow. Wow. Auga. I don't know. I just think of Jim Carrey in the mask where oh he's just like, oh. Oh my gosh, that's right. Wow, wow, wow. So, anyways, um, they make the salt circle uh witches they're like flying around and they're beating them down with like book and um the book is like a human being stitched up anyways billy's like i'm gonna take you out and he cuts open his mouth and guess what they were live moths disney dave told me they were live moths in his mouth oh god a moth trainer that could you imagine and be like can you hold these for a second just for a little stunt and they sewed your mouth set with moths inside and they're just chilling around in your mouth like also, that actor, I believe his name is Doug Jones. He does a lot of, like, like, he, I think he was the creature, like, the, oh, sh- oh, what's that movie? Uh, it's She Sleeps with the Sea Creature. Shape oh. of Water. She, like, he does that. He does, like, a lot of creatures, basically, but it contains, like, a lot of makeup and stuff. I believe he does a lot of those type of roles. Me every day when I wake up. I guess he's used to it at this point. <laughs> he's like, okay, not the weirdest thing I've done on the job. And all those insults that he throws at Winnie are, like, um, improv. He did those on his own. So he's pretty cool. Um, so basically, they just have to get – the whole point is that um, they need to, like, um, get the 
life force before sunrise or something or they die. Mm-hmm. Before so all Hallow's Eve ends. There's a ticking clock to this. And so basically they're just trying to run up the clock. And they make this potion and he drinks the potion. But the sun comes up and whatever it turns into a statue and they all burst into the sunlight. And um, they all say goodbye. And Billy goes back to sleep and takes a little dirt nap. Um, Binks finally dies. So that, <laughs> is a, that is a happy ending. Binks gets death. But he reunites with his sister. And reunites with his sister. Which is a very... Yeah, it's a very sweet scene. It's a very sweet scene. He dies finally and then walks off into like the graveyard with his sister. I love the line. She's like, Where have you been? Like Thackeray. And he's like, Thanks. Thanks. And she he was like, You wouldn't believe I had to wait for um a virgin to light the candle. It's all just a virgin jokes, this movie. Uh, the parent. Oh yeah, all the parents, by the way, get stuck raving all night thanks to, um, honestly, the power of Bette Midler, and that happens to me too. Sometimes I turn on the Gypsy soundtrack at like midnight, just have a little kiki by myself, and I'll wake up. Or I mean, I like kind of like black out up. in the sense that I'm so entranced by Bette Midler. It's like five in the morning, and I'm like, I'm still dancing, and it's just like that. I had a dream. I dreamed it for you. I think of um the Kurt Hummel version because that's yes! just, and he's like I dreamed it for you, Dad. That's the honestly that was an iconic scene from Glee. It was a really good scene. It's pretty much the end of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Um, oh wait, uh, Ice and Jay. I never mentioned them. The oh, best you- characters. You have to you have to watch for Ice and Jay. They have a really Ice has this thing shaped into his head, and they get oh jeez, they get caught in the um. The thing. Anyways, the thing is on a real cliffhanger because the the book its eyes opens up, and so they're like, "Oh, maybe the witches can come back again, or more witches can come to be, or whatever." And Disney did announce in like 2017 ish that there was going to be another Hocus Pocus, but never really announced the date or details or anything. So it could just be catfishing. I feel like there's like a huge um, Hocus Pocus like renaissance almost like it wasn't popular when it first came out it was a flop well yeah and i feel like late like the past few years i feel like i've heard a lot more people talk about oh my yes hocus pocus and it's just like who is that excited about hocus pocus a lot of people (laughs) listen a lot of gays love bet midler okay drop oh that's true that's true we do love that i've Um, seen and even that like i don't know like it's Last year, it was, like, TV, and, like, it was on TV, like, every f- day, but it, it's still, like, it's on TV, on Freeform a lot, and it's also on Disney+. Plus. It was ahead of its time. <clears throat> so it really anyway, was. Watso videos, our man. I told you I'd get back to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let, let, what does he say? He's got, a, he's got a solid theory about how the Sanderson sisters in the movie became witches, and his theory, and I'm paraphrasing it after watching his video on Double Speed maybe 30 minutes ago, is... If you want to, if you want to picture my expression, uh, just think of when Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec like looks into the camera, like <laughs> with a shocked and like face. That's disappointment. me. Disappointment. Disappointment. Um, it is uh, that they made a deal with the devil, right? Because they do know the devil, and they run into the guy dressed up as the devil, and they're like, "Oh, we miss you, sir." Like blah, master. Blah, right? Master. And so she makes a deal with the devil and sells their souls to the devil so that they can get magic powers to get revenge on Billy and try to make him jealous. And then I guess when it doesn't work out, she murders him. And so it's not the shot. So nice, do nice. you want to hear my um, honorable mention? For yeah, let's, what movie? is it? 
My honorable mention for a scary movie, like horror Halloween flick, is the Cat in the Hat live version with Mike Myers. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly? And hear me out. And hear me out. This is why. I know what you've thinking. Cat in the Hat, Dr. Seuss. We, we read this a lot as kids. Why is it not scary? I recently watched this on a date because um, they were like, hey, like, um, this is a movie I used to watch as a kid. And it was like the only thing we could get to work on Netflix. And we're like, fine. So we did it. Oh, Netflix my God. It was socially distanced. I am responsible. And so it was a Netflix watch party with this. And... It is a Mike Myers fever dream directed by the person who is the production designer of Edward Scissorhands. I saw that movie in the theaters with my grandma. Oh, wow. My this poor grandmother. It's different from The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss in the book because the cat in the Michael Myers version has the ability to bend space and time and open up portal- portals to new dimensions. And also just the fursuit they make him wear. Oh, oh my God. Imagine how the direction cats in 2019 the musical would have taken if instead of cgi they just did the michael myers like he was like i I feel like you know what's bad what do you think looks better the cats in 2019 and the mike myers cat oh mike myers i know hooper is all about you know i hooper's all like i want to direct films with realism and that works for and Lindsay ellis has a really great movie on this or movie um well basically everything Lindsay ellis does is like a movie a mini movie she's got a great great youtube video on it and yeah, about how Hooper's realism doesn't work with cats being this magical, mystical Andrew Lloyd Webber fever dream. Um, so, oh, also bringing it back to last year, I mean, last year, our last episode, Paris Hilton is in it. Yeah, in the Cat in the Hat, not Cats She's 2019. In the cat in the hat. She's yeah, there's in a cameo. Cat. And she, so basically, because this was, it was in the early 2000s during her like peak fame, he opens up a portal to a dimension where they're at this disco and Paris listens like, hey, and he turns down, he's like, wow, wow, <laughs> and he's like, it's Paris Hilton. And yeah, he has like this weird cat crush on her. Oh my God. And he can connect different realities. Like he, so all the, it's such an interesting set design because it is kind mm-hmm. of like, again, it's all these people that I think are Tim Burton, but aren't. Um, it's that <laughs> yeah. weird like design where everything almost like exactly what you see in Edward Scissorhands where everything's like almost perfect like there aren't like very many stains and then Edward kind of sticks out because he's all grungy and stuff and Winona Ryder is kind of like they also want to it's you also gotta think this was like right after um the Jim Carrey uh Grinch movie it's like they what? are trying to go yeah the like Grinch movie was before after no it's before dude what? Two, no. th- I think 2001 was The Grinch, and then like 2003 is Cat in the Hat. What? It was 2000. Oh, yes. yeah. And then like oh. 2003 is The Cat in the Hat. Rick, do you know this? I, I don't know. Does this one also have that guy? No, this one was directed by Ron Howard. Why didn't they just have um? Oh, I think they were trying to go for like that Whovian, like Dr. Seuss whimsical. But it's, like, I feel like, yeah, it's, like, way too perfect, and it kind of makes me uncomfortable. No, I think it's supposed to be spooky. Oh, my God. So, Ron Howard was Opie from The Andy Griffith Show. Oh, wow. That's so cute. Wow. And then he went on to direct this movie. Yeah, well. Oh, my God. Wait, I think he directed The Da Vinci Code? Da Vinci? Da Vinci? I think he, I think he, I think he, um, directed Da Vinci. 
He's got like an Academy Award for Best Director and Best Picture. For the cat oh, and the hat. <laughs> for the cat and the hat with Jim, with um Mike Myers. It's so spooky. It's it really I think this one also has Dakota Fanning in it. It does. So I really this is a def- I'm a big Dakota Fanning fan. She was great in Charlotte's Web. You're just a big Dakota Fanning stan. This is really what this is all about. But yeah, the cat and the hat is really it is a fever trip. And if you want to have a lovely night with that special someone, social distancing is hard. I recommend you go. Say, baby, tonight I'm going to treat you. We're going we're gonna to watch something special. And I want you to pull up this movie. And I want you, if they don't react positively, they, it's not the one. They're not the one. Break up with them. So that's my scary movie. Honestly, that's probably the scariest movie of them all. I know. Good pick. Well, I think it's time for us to wrap up on this episode. Thank you all. If you got through this episode, I congratulate you. I thank you for your service. Um, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Um, follow our, please follow our socials. Twitter and Facebook is at Ready Rewind Pod and Instagram is at Ready Rewind Podcast. You can also email us um, any topic suggestions or questions you have for us at readyrewindpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time. Venmo me at. No. <laughs> <laughs> until next time. Ready? Rewind. Bye, everyone. Bye.